One thing we try to do on Smarter Building Materials Marketing is bring firsthand insights from people in the field, whether that's a contractor, builder, architect, or even lumber dealer. And on today's show, we bring on a lumber dealer who shared what they've done to pivot in the midst of COVID and what their new normal looks like. They also share some interesting examples of what smart manufacturers are doing across the industry to communicate with their audience and sell more materials in this new normal. This is a great show for anybody in the building product space who works with lumber dealers in any capacity. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, alongside my co-host, Beth Popnikolov, and we've got a great show plan for you today. We're going to be talking about, you know, I know there's a lot of conversation around COVID and how people are pivoting. And what we wanted to do is bring some firsthand insights from a lumber dealer who's, you know, talking directly to builders, talking to contractors, as well as manufacturers and share their firsthand experience. So we've got Ed Metzger and Ryan Scaife with Lesser Lumber on the show with us today. We're super excited to have them. Welcome to the show, guys. Good morning. Thanks a lot. Good morning. How are you? We're excited you're here. Great. So for our listeners, maybe you guys can just give us a 30,000-foot view of Lesser Lumber, where you guys are located, what you guys sell, who you market to, that kind of thing. And then we'll dive into, well, what, what are you all doing from a marketing standpoint? And what are you seeing other people doing from a marketing sales standpoint in the midst of this uh, new normalcy, right? Yeah. So Lesser Lumber, we're a 11 retail location, 15 location overall with a couple manufacturing plants, trust plant, a couple mill shops. Located in the state of Pennsylvania, we service the residential and commercial building materials industry. So we supply product and material to contractors, home builders, remodelers, commercial projects, both uh, large and small. We carry uh, quite a bit of uh, material and have been around since 1927. So as we jump in, I know we're going to talk a lot and I want to hear about how you guys have pivoted, but the majority of our listeners actually are manufacturers. So I would love to hear how you've seen your manufacturer partners service you well during this time. And a lot of our uh, manufacturers right now have been coming because of COVID for the last two months as far as a lot of things of product and communication, I mean, has been very pivotal in ours as far as lead times and and things like that that we got to stay involved with them a lot through communication and knowing what they're doing how they're setting up their plants and things like that also when lead times and everything very important because our end users the contractors and the homeowners on their projects um they're setting up their schedules for all this stuff so we've been seeing a lot of our manufacturers have been very good getting communicative, more communicative than they have been before. Not just getting through us with an email, hey, it's going to be two weeks or approximate. Now these guys got it. We got to know to pass it on to our end user when it's coming in. And that's very important now more than ever because of this COVID, because they don't have a lot of their, some of their employees aren't back yet. Their manufacturing facilities but communication seems to be the driven factor. Can If I can put you on the spot, Ed, is there a particular manufacturer you've interacted with? You're like, man, these guys are doing it really well. Are you allowed to share that? 
Well, we, we deal with a lot of major manufacturers. I mean, that's kind of put on the spot because a lot of them are doing a good job. But I mean, if I could also add in there like distributors and things like that. Mm. So on the distributing end, because we have a lot more business coming through, I think, distribution than the manufacturers because they'll deal with the manufacturer. So the distributor end, I mean, a good one just to put a little bit in there is Blue Links, Frederick, Maryland. I mean, they've been, they've been doing a good job, you know, for us. Um, as far as major manufacturers, Anderson Windows, I mean, they've been, they're a big part of us. Marvin Windows and things like that. A lot of the manufacturers are doing a good job. I mean, if I could put them in there as their title, that's, yeah. I've seen a pretty large uptick in, I think there was some data released recently in reference to like curbside pickup. Are you all doing anything like that as well? Like just out of curiosity, are you pivoting that way as well as maybe doing a little bit of a different thing from a you know delivery standpoint? Yeah, we, we are. We implemented a curbside pickup program shortly after the outbreak began. It was probably, I'd say two weeks into it, right before I think we saw a national wave. So um, I'd like to say that we were kind of on the forefront of thinking ahead. One of our strategic managers, Don Nickerson, reached out to, to me in a marketing office and said, hey, I, I have this idea to do a curbside program. We need it to be short, concise, and to the point. At the time, you know, the industry wasn't shut down yet, but we needed to uh, prepare for what we thought would be the worst. And to us at the time, it was the possibility that customers may not be able to come into our retail locations and so that we would have to be conducting business from a curbside standpoint. So within a six-hour period, Don and I had a conversation and we had the program set up. We also added an online purchase list option. We had that set up and ready to go. And then the very next morning, we called a meeting with all of our location managers to go over it and we had it rolled out the next morning. So all told, start to finish, we had the program up and running in less than 24 hours. That's incredible. Yeah, that is, that is pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. I can just add to that. I mean, what Ryan said, that curbside has been a very big plus to our business. A lot of builders are taking advantage of that because now instead of coming in, running into the yard, going back to pick it up, curbside, they'll call in early. Our guys or your guys will get it all bound up for them, stick it out front. They come in, they pick it up, and they go. So it's been a, I say, a convenience thing. It's been something that has to happen. But the curbside has been a very big plus, I think, in our business. Yeah, and I'll further add to that, too, is, you know, I think when we first started going down that road, it was more so on the contactless side of things. We were looking mm-hmm. at ways to keep the customers feeling safe and secure and making sure that we weren't putting uh, our workforce and our customers in vulnerable spots that maybe they weren't willing to do potentially. So by offering curbside pickup, we thought, well, this is a great way to, to kind of take on the contactless approach. But I think as Ed was alluding to, what we're finding is as the industry in Pennsylvania here was shut down and then eventually reopened up, guys are really having to churn out as fast as they can. So being able to have that ability to place that order, come by, pick it up and get going, not that they were having to wait a while before, 
but it just cuts down on that even more. So they literally come in, get their stuff and go. They're gone in maybe two or three minutes versus five or six. And to them, minutes mean a difference. You know what's so interesting is that we talk a lot on the industry about like resistance to change and nothing ever changes. Obviously, we haven't talked about that in at least three months. Like we're not talking about anything but change anymore. But you guys made a massive shift to your business in 24 hours. You said in six hours you put the plan together. It was just 24 hours to roll out. It took you six hours to figure out, to just flesh out the process and the details and be like, yeah, this is viable. We're getting it out the door. And then if I'm understanding correctly, it's had incredible response to where it's not just a safety thing that people are glad to be able to keep safe distance, but it's also helping your customer's business be able to run at the volume that they need to be able to run. So I would assume, I'm going to make an assumption, you can tell me that I'm wrong, but I would assume there's no discussion of rolling that back when life gets back to, I'm using air quotes for those listening, normal. <laughs> uh, actually, it's complete opposite. So yeah. David Lezer, our president, just last week, sent me an email and said, keep pushing curbside. So there's no, Love it. yeah. So there's no plans to back off of that. We feel like it's one of these things that we've all heard the word new normal used quite a bit in today's society. For us, it's a part of our potential uh, new normal. Eventually, I'm not saying that our business will evolve around to being nothing but curbside, but it's an added feature and added, added benefit to our customers, to our retail locations, our lumber yards that, we can offer this and do it quite efficiently. That's one thing that I would say is unique about Lesser Lumber across the board is the efficiency of our people are second to none. And it's they're very dedicated to getting the product in and out of here and back out on the job site as quickly as possible. And so that just kind of helps hold up that promise even further and extends on that. You know, what I think is interesting is, you know, you've made this pivot because you know, the market demanded it, you know, health demanded it with quarantine and things of that nature, it demanded it, but it's staying, you know, for a level of convenience. Like there's a convenience component to your business that will force it to stay. I'm curious to know, did you see, did you see that you all gained new customers or new, you know, new potential partners from this pivot? Like, was there such, you know, so well received that people said, man, I, re- I want to work with you even maybe though in the past I haven't because of this, even though what might feel like a small shift for them was really necessary. And you had a conversation with me here right in the middle of all this about a customer, a particular customer you were getting, trying to get some business with, and they saw some of the communication we were putting out during the period of the shutdown. So maybe that's, I think that's a great example yeah. of what he's talking about. I, I mean, it definitely, Zach, I had a customer come to myself and say, all this, you have been so communicative company has been so communicative to us and he was over from a competitor of ours he came over with us and he said it was because of this you guys kind of shine through this whole process and so the COVID thing as far as the pandemic was it was great for us because we communicated and we communicate to our territories and, and everything else but it is the employees here at Lesser Lumber that yeah we did gain another contractor out there because of this and because of our communication or speed to market just like ryan was saying with curbside 
uh, letting them know on the website, keeping in communication between personal, you know, phone calls and things like that. So yes, we did gain another contractor. Yes. And you asked earlier, and I didn't really didn't really highlight it as well as I could have. But one thing we really did during that period in marketing was to make sure that we were keeping an eye on any of the communications going out on a state level, a national level, trade associations. Anything we were seeing put out in the market, we were evaluating and deciding based on the source that it was coming from, whether it was something we needed to turn around and communicate quickly. So mm. during that period, I would have anything from maybe Casey Lezer in a couple cases, who's our uh, vice president, would send me some things like, hey, put this out there, get it out in email or or send it out, uh, put it out on a website, put it on social media. We would get those things out. We would follow what the, our state governor was saying about the industry. Our legislators were communicating things on certain bills they were trying to get passed. So as we were getting those, we would make sure first they were credible sources. They weren't coming from something that you know we couldn't trust, fake news, if you will. We had to make sure that it was it was very credible. And then once we, we affirmed it was, then we would get it out to our customers. We were putting communications out four to five times a week generally during that period. Wow. And, wow. But we were making sure it was viable information that our customers would want to see. So they could do anything from whenever uh, the construction industry was going to be approved to, to, to go back to work in PA and things related to that, bills being passed by, by legislation on that, to PPE loans and anything funding-wise that was being put out by the government for self-employed individuals. We were trying to help them throughout the process as much as we could because we understand how important those people were to, the, to our business. And if we don't want to see them fail. We don't want to see them be in a position where they can't recover from this period. So that's the least we could do as their primary source of materials is to make sure they were staying well-informed and getting ahead of the rush on a lot of things. Where I want to go in, in our conversation, guys, if we can a bit, is is talking a little bit about how you think things are going to continue to evolve. You all made a quick pivot, seen some great success by focusing on speed, focusing on experience. What else are you all trying to do as things move into a new normalcy that you're hearing from either builders or contractors that you're trying to adapt your business to continue to evolve based upon new market demand? Like what are you all, you know, how are you all trying to continue to evolve your business based upon what you're hearing from your customers? Well, a lot of things. I mean, here from customers now, this is kind of coming on the backside of your question there, Zach. Like job sites are starting to be more organized and cleaner and safer now because of all this. Not that they weren't before, but a lot of things are, you know, there's people policing that now. But they're also becoming more efficient. I mean, we think some of some of the builders that I call on, they had to adapt. I mean, or they're going to be they're going to be fading away, so they have to adapt to all this stuff. Safer, cleaner, telecommunication now very important. A lot of the builders we have a technology that we can do a lot of quotes by taking pictures out there. It's okay to yeah. with with hover. It's a three sixty program mm-hmm. that a lot of our builders were trying to sign them up with this if they can take pictures from the outside and actually give you all the measurements and everything else. So a lot of technology, you got to bring that into your business now 
or a lot of them were older donors would say, ah, you know, I don't even text or email. You got to bring that in now because it's it's not a lot of hands on. You can at least give a customer a quote. But I see things changing like that, and we're going to have to evolve. You know, <laughs> you're you're not going to have the business. So we're all going through this, and it's speed, it's safety, it's it's all them things. Yeah, and just from a strategic standpoint, I've been involved in several discussions along the way the last month, month and a half. You know, we're looking at everything from you know, our digital aspects, potentially a mobile app down the road, you know, increasing our website capabilities. I would say that, you know, we've been looking at the e-commerce side of things for a, a quite a while now. But what we've been trying to do is figure out what the right fit is for our company and our customers because so much of what we do and I genuinely say this, is based on our people. So we're trying to find a good mix of what's useful to our customers, but yet doesn't take the people aspect out of it. And I don't mean that totally in a negative way at all. I mean that people do business with lesser lumber and customers do business with lesser lumber strictly on their sales rep, guys like Ed and across our company. And there's, there's so many stories of that. So how can we take these different tools and utilize them in an everyday business, but it doesn't remove the people aspect of it. So that's definitely something we've really kept an eye on. And throughout this time, I feel like it's we've been starting to take a deeper dive into some of these areas. And I think that the future of what we do is is going to go down some of those roads, but also keeping in mind that it's our, it's our people and our sales reps and our stores and our managers and so many people, our yard people, that make the difference here, keeping them involved with it. You guys have such an incredible pulse on everything that's happening. I'm just, I'm really loving your insight. You're really interestingly positioned as a lumberyard because you touch so many different pieces of the channel. And Ed, you mentioned technology and you guys have said a couple of other things that you see going forward. Are there any products that you see that are growing in demand as a result of COVID-19 and moving into, we're just going to say it again, the new normal? Um, as far as... We, we just had this discussion before you guys came on, but it seems like now decks more than ever are coming about with tree <laughs> People need to get outside. Everybody was off for a while, but it seems like decks have been the big thing. That's not a product, but it's in the making. But yeah, I mean, as far as, yeah, decks have been the big thing. We were just talking about yeah. that before you guys came on. I figure it's, uh, you know, there's a tree <laughs> lumber shortage. And yeah. As as it aligns, we always have a uh, summer sale as well during during our early summer portion, and it seems like everybody that has been off or saved a stimulus check if they didn't need the money for something else is using it to build a deck. It seems we're getting several several things in the pipeline based on homeowners building decks. <laughs> it's crazy. I feel like I can just see anybody listening that spent two months and two months inside just nodding their head, being like, "Yes, yes, I need to build a deck. That's a great idea." <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, other people listening to the podcast that are similar shoes would are probably on there and nodding their heads, saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we are experiencing it too." <laughs> yeah. Horrible time. <laughs> well, guys, this has been great. We really appreciate you coming on the show. If someone wants to get in touch with you or get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that? They can reach us by email. It's edmetzger at leser.com or ryanscape at leser.com, as well as through our website. Uh, you know, we're, we're monitoring that daily. We get communications there. 
So we'd be happy to uh, discuss things and help people out in any way we can. Yep. Oh, God. I was wondering, guys, could I read a quote from Mark Cuban? Oh, yeah, please do. That's yeah. a great way. Yeah, it's a great way to end That's the show. Great. It was great. And I, I picked this up. It says, in the past, a lot of people would talk about trickle-down economics. I think one of the lessons that we're learning from all this is that it's time for a trickle-up economics. We're only as strong as the base layer of all our employees. All these people who struggle and get paid hour by hour and don't know how many hours they're going to get. If we don't take care of them, there is no economy, and we're learning that very quickly is right now. That's from Mark Cuban. Wow, I love that. Yeah. When did he? When did he share that? When did he say that? Uh, I read that actually back in the in the newspaper. He said that about a month ago. Yeah, it's very applicable though, right? Really applicable, yeah. Yep. That's incredible. I love that. That's great. His website, you know, has been on display throughout. I mean, basically, the shutdown started with this NBA team, you know, mm-hmm. and for me, that was that where were you moment watching me an NBA game, and I'm not a big basketball guy myself, but sitting in my house at night watching an NBA game, and I see this shutdown going on, and they're still playing, and they kept showing him. And just some of the quotes and things he's been putting out has just been, yeah, it's been, awesome. been great. You know, and he's been he's been so forthright in his thinking, and I think his approaches have been so smart. And I think uh, our country's lucky to have a guy like that out there talking about these things, and and, and actually seeing some of them come to light. And actually, the way they're working out, he's very smart. That's awesome. Thank you so much for reading that. Yeah, that's great, guys. Again, thank you so much for coming on the show. If you're listening to this and you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to go to our website, venvio.com slash podcast to subscribe. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams alongside Beth Pompniklov. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.